So I can make a YouTube video, hit some golf balls, and I can qualify for a PGA Tour event? Is this what's going on? You can't. <laughs> Why I mean, not? maybe. I mean, I wasn't invited. Caps, you're, <laughs> I you're wasn't in the scratch region. You've got a shot with a big enough following, and I think you know if you can get another million, one point two five, you'll be in contention. Me, I need a little bit of a different kind of tournament. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. We got a new countdown going. What's up, everybody? How you living? No foots given. Tony and Chris, we're back. You have a good weekend, Tony. Ah, uh, is all right. I'm uh, trying to get healthy, so I've been sick for forever. Really, seems like so months. Hopefully, back on the mend. I blame the PGA we'll show. Oh, it was well before that. <laughs> I still anyway. blame the PGA show. I think it didn't help. Definitely did. didn't help. Are you wearing a shoes? I piece is it? of shoes apparel. I'm wearing a cut. Yeah, a shoes. Uh, this is a you and Larry David man hoodie. I know, Larry. Da- yeah, I know. I saw that. That was uh, uh, the man is is unstoppable. I uh, man, a lot of stuff to get to in this episode. Anthony Kim's maybe back. What YouTube? <laughs> if I make a video on YouTube, Tony, I can try to qualify for a PGA Tour event. <laughs> I think is you're that... a few steps away yet, but I guess you got to start somewhere. <laughs> is that that's basically what I understand? Then I got a list of five quick questions, a couple fun little topics. But before we get into all of that, allegedly, the PGA Tour hosted event in Mexico at Verante, and but, excuse me, what? <laughs> Como se uh, crocodile? Um, that... Yeah, so we got to talk about this because people pointing this out on on the interwebs and things. Mark Lai, uh, who announces stuff for for Live, I don't always appreciate his opinion, but he made a good point here a little bit. I think his like, opinion is whatever Live tells him to <laughs> well, say. But. Yeah, I mean, read off the cue card. But <laughs> when you looked at you know the the leaderboard and some of that stuff, even and even my wife, who you know, my entirely my fault, but she recognizes a lot of golf names now she's like who the hell are these people it looks like a corn fairy slash dp world tour type of event and i'm not trying to be disparaging you know to those players but what is what is going on here tony yeah i mean it was it Felt a little bit like an alternate field event in a week in which there was not an alternate field. Um, but I mean, right. <laughs> look, they can't all be winners, right? Uh, no, we talk about no. this. It's 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 filler, right? It's it's all filler between majors for the most part, and and some filler has to be a little fluffier than others, I guess. And you know, this is not the greatest field in the history of golf, but. I mean, it wasn't yeah. all nobodies. Yeah, it's Cam Young. Tony Finau was there. He didn't Tony factor Finau, in. Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell was I there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a handful, a couple, two, three handfuls of guys. <laughs> yeah. Lanto Griffin. God bless Lanto. Cool. I mean, yeah, you know so... the tour is hoping that the four or five names that are actually recognizable play well, you know, obviously make the cut, get into the weekend. And it's easier to put some some emphasis behind that, but I, yeah, I think what you can't deny is there's stratification, right? Where you have 
like I said, it felt like an opposite field event on a week when there wasn't another event. You know, we, we see that, right, where you got the top 50 in the world that are playing an event, great. That's going to draw all the marquee players. And then you do have an opposite field event where you get guys that are maybe a little lower down in status or, you know, recent Corn Ferry Tour grads that are trying to get starts or whatever the case is. I mean, Lord knows that you're able to fill the field with, you know, a number of different players. But my question is, is this a good thing for the PGA Tour? What are you going to do? So there's... It's not the best thing in the world because you want, you want like your the best week after week. That's what we talk about the guys you want to see. But I mean, realistically, we've talked about this before. The only guy anybody really wants to see is Tiger. Everybody else is the B tier anyway. Yeah. And so if you, and sometimes if you're starting at the B tier, you're going to go down to the C tier and the D tier, and it is an inevitability. I think it's not the end of the world. And I'm looking at like, hey. Jake Knapp is he's going to the Masters. Yeah. Unless and and the next guy who wins a live tournament, unless he's already qualified by some other means pre-live, he's mm-hmm. not. And so, you know, you take that for what it's worth, but I think you could argue it's good in the sense that it does give some of these guys that are, you know, again, considered C tier D tier, gives mm-hmm. them an opportunity to get into some bigger tournaments. So, you know, yeah, I think it's good. Not everything for- has to be for me. This is good for Jake Knapp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it, you know, is it good for the tour? No, I, I mean, on one hand, no, it's not. In, in in the sense that the leaderboard, there aren't casual golf fans, right? People, if you're trying to draw more people into the tent, if you want more people to watch PGA Tour golf on the weekends or anytime or whatever, this makes it tougher to do that. I think it's a necessary downside or it's you know collateral damage of doing what they're doing with signature events and we're going to talk about live a little bit with maybe ak and and some of this youtubization or whatever of golf you're seeing people get pulled in different ways for entertainment purposes but it was good for jake knapp (laughs) like you said he you know the million and a half bucks is, is nice or whatever but you can't argue that for the golfers like if you like to really look at those stories I mean, it was a life-changing weekend for him. That's awesome. You know, and those stories, to me, never get old. I like those stories. I get I that not the everybody PGA does. the PGA Tour had its way, right? if, if you could script the world, like, like at WWE, Tiger mm-hmm. would play every week, and he would win or be in contention every week. Sure. And that is, that is, talked about this forever. Was the needle, is the needle, and is... For the foreseeable future, sadly, the only real needle on the tour anywhere. Right. And you're not going to get that. And so, you know, if, if you don't have Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and, and Jordan Spieth and those guys in the field, you, you're left with, I don't want to say nothing. Because, again, dude punched his ticket to the Masters. What'd you say? A million and a half bucks? That, yeah, that's so- a good day. Not everything has to be for the viewer. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can bitch about commercials too, I'm sure. And maybe you can argue in a yeah. tournament of this stature, uh, maybe we shouldn't have commercials at all just on principle, but take it for what it is. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta for... have these events. Otherwise you, know, you got nothing. And maybe I guess some people may argue that nothing is better than something, but I'll go the other way and say, Hey, it's, it's PGA tour golf. It's not the best field ever. It's not. Yeah. 
entirely composed of guys you haven't heard of either. So no, and you it don't won't get be... to choose the leaderboards. Yeah, it won't always be that way. I think, I think the challenge is to find the compelling story and wrap their head around that, like which they were able to do to a degree. Like they, you know, I wish they would. I, I do. I really wish the tour would lean into Ryan French a little bit more and find a better way to to work with him. It feels like they're working against him sometimes, but he does all the Monday Q stuff. He has all the background right on these guys, where they came from, a way to make the stories interesting other than just posting that, hey, Jake Knapp was a bouncer at a nightclub a couple of years ago or whatever, and, you know, they get one snippet of truth and then they, they have to run with it, right? Whether, you know, it's somebody that... Every like, hour on the hour, <laughs> let's uh, make sure we mention it again. Yeah, I mean, oh, you know, this guy during COVID was, you know, doing A, B, or C, or, oh, took, you know, the night shift at the grocery store to stock shelves to pay tour entry fees, and it's like, once you get that... In, and that's all they have. But there, I guarantee there's probably a lot more to the Jake Knapp story than oh, the, just the tour what hasn't we been great there, about you know? finding stories or creating stories because they haven't had to. And again, it's you see it. The story is always Tiger. It's If he's in an event, it's Tiger. And if he's not in an event, you still find a way to talk about mm-hmm. Tiger. And this has been the pattern for as long as I can remember. And there is no plan B right now. Right. So That's you know, the challenge, I'm, I'm, though. I think right there is the the plan B people and, and kind of what does that planning look like, which in a way gets us right into a plan B that maybe nobody saw coming. People always wanted the white whale of the golfing world being who on earth will get Anthony Kim to play tournament golf again. So quick recap. It's been over a decade since we've seen the AK the brash, the belt buckles, the in-your-face bravado. But people really liked him, I think, for that. And then, poof, injuries, insurance stuff, couldn't play golf to make sure, you know, like, you have that where, okay, you can get the insurance and you draw on that, but you can't go back and play professional golf. So it's like, well... Is it ever worth it for him to forego that insurance and try to play golf again? Well, somebody can write a check. Guaranteed money. That was always the obstacle, right? Like, as if you, as was reported, you owe money or have to pay back your insurance policy if you are not, in fact, injured for life. Are you going to risk that? Come back to the PGA Tour where you may never cash a check again? No way. No. No. Live money. Guaranteed. So this is happening. We think it's happening. It's all but assured. I can't say it's 100%, but if you saw the, the trailer that, that Liv put out, it obviously <laughs> is. How yeah. ridiculous was that trailer? I thought it was, like you know. Some, like it looked like a know, trailer for a post-apocalyptic, yes, like, a, apocalyptic yes. zombie film, maybe season two of The Last of Us. I mean, burning I, trees. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be like I'm so gross, everything just so grossly over the top ridiculous. I wanted Jeez. it to be like AK is Mad Max or something like. It was, that was kind of how it was framed. Yeah, yeah, like it was. <laughs> that's so again until he actually tees up and hits the ball, we can't say he's 100 percent there. But by all indications, right? So yeah, it's, it, it's a highly credible rumor at this point. Sure. What's the risk for him coming back? Is there any risk for him doing this, do you think, or what? 
I mean, his, his the only risk is people who have unrealistic expectations. Like if you expect him to come back and be what it was, what he was, or worse still, you expect him to come back and and be what people kind of have got it in their head over time that he was, uh-huh. right? That like the next Tiger Woods to an extent, right? And so that's and that's just perception. But otherwise, like the money is guaranteed, right? He's gotten paid. Right. I mean, maybe maybe the risk is he gets hurt again and has to live on whatever Liv is paying him, which still I think he could probably get by. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think it's I think it's low risk for him. I think it's nothing but upside for Liv. Yeah. I mean, I go so far as to say that short of Tiger Woods at this particular point in time, Anthony Kim is the single biggest get out there. And you could talk about like, you know, for the long term, yeah, okay, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Rory Rumors, whatever. Sure. But in terms of like a quick hit, generate a lot of interest, get people right. to look at the product and decide if they really like it. Yeah. Anthony Kim is about as big as it gets. He'll draw eyeballs. Just because he's been he's he's golf's Bobby Fisher. It just <laughs> up and disappeared, right? You're like, yeah. All right, where'd that guy go? Well that's and I think that's just it. And I don't know how people can't have those expectations of him because that's the intrigue. The intrigue is, hey, here's what I remember this guy being. Like you said, straight up Bobby Fisher's it. And in my head, that's my picture, right? The kind of, like I said, bravado in your face, big AK diamond encrusted belt buckle, throwing haymakers, you know, top 10, obviously top five type player in the world, kind of a generational talent. Is it's kind of where we, he was headed, right? Where it's like, okay, this guy can kind of be, who knows how good, right? Kind of, let's see what happens. And to me, the risk is, what if he's not that? And the reality is, there's a pretty good chance he's not that, just because it's ten years as well. So like, I I see this as one of those things where there might be, like, to me there's a risk that this takes away from the live product in the long term, maybe, but you know, and that's right. You said the risk is to live, not to Anthony Kim is if they spend, you know, all this money on Anthony Kim and he comes out and shoots 82, 84, 78. And he does that, you know, this time, the first time out and the next time and the time after that, you realize, all right, this guy's, this guy's not competitive. Right. Then then they've spent money, got eyeballs for two weekends and it's over. But if he comes out and shoots a 68, goes really low, 66, if he's mm-hmm. competitive, live is, live is at least washable for for the short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, and I think that's the what what is realistic to expect of him, you know, and and personally me, I don't expect him to come out and be Anthony Kim he was I think people are going to jump to a lot of conclusions whether he plays well or not he's either all the way back and this is the greatest thing ever and this is going to save Liv and this is amazing or oh well you know we Good tried Thanks it was for nice playing. yeah you know yeah it, it does seem like a little bit of a gamble for Liv but you could argue right where where that tour is right now mm-hmm. the viewership is not increasing in any measurable way there's not a lot of interest in a major tv deal and Mm -hmm. you know that i would say right now for among those who watch golf sure 
and that's that's a low percentage of people who watch anything. But of God those, that, all. the majority that watch golf, Live is the second choice product. When sure. it goes head to head with the tour, it yeah. loses. Yeah, and then, unless something happens to change that balance. We, we just continue on this path. And, yeah, you can poach one player at a time here or there, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's somebody that, that draws somebody to live. Chances are it's not because the tour guys are still the ones you watch play in majors and things like that. But anything that's a step forward, anything that brings it closer to not being a second-choice product mm-hmm. is, is ultimately good, I think, for lit. Well, and I, I think regardless, it's going to answer one of the biggest unknown questions to a degree, right? Every What happened? Anthony Kim can he still play can you know it's gonna give us some type of information it may not entirely close the door on that chapter whether depending on how he plays or not but it's gonna start to answer that question and it's something people in golf have been wondering for the last you know decade plus so we'll see we know live Greg Norman came and said he wants Hideki there's been rumors really unsubstantiated rumors around Rory which I think are basically a bunch of you know hogwash at this point honestly it wouldn't surprise me to be honest with you like, so Roy, that's my question Roy got thrown under the bus between the those two think about it between hideki and rory which would be the first person who would be the first person to go to live i would think it would be hideki uh just kidding we've heard this over and over and over again and we know the interest in and tracking the asian market uh, attracting the asian market and we've heard rumors about even a Shrixon sponsored team. And again, all mm-hmm. rumors, but right. maybe. I mean, it makes sense, right? Diversify your bonds and whatnot. Wu Tang. Um, Rory, I think, I think, again, it, it seems like a stretch, but I feel like he more than anybody else really got worked over by the tour and they're kind of all of a sudden being like, cool, we'll go along with it, mm-hmm. right? We're going to sign this, this framework yeah. with, with Piff because, you know, he was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy that was ride or die with the tour more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of like, ah, forget all that. You know what? Where mm-hmm. everybody's going to get paid. Um, so, yeah. I, that so that's that's kind of the f you get for live. If they you know can go get Rory, that's yeah. And I'm not sure it it raises them to the to the first choice tour, but woof. But man, if you got I if you got either one of those two, that would be majorly majorly significant. I. I agree that Hideki would be more likely than Rory with one exception. Hideki would seem to be like a very calculated move, right? Like you said, if a brand like a Srixon were in there as part of sponsorship, he has a longstanding relationship. Hideki is the guy that jumps equipment companies, right? Stuff like that. He is, I think it's fair to say, one of the most popular athletes across any sport in Japan. Um, so he has an entire following. He has a team. So if he were to go to live, I think it would be a calculated decision based on all of these factors. Whereas Rory, I could see it being a knee jerk kind of like, Hey, like you said, F you, you guys back, you know, rolled the bus over me, backed it up. I'm out. And emotional decisions, things like that could be, more spontaneous, I guess. So if Rory did something like that, who knows? But and again, it's Greg Norman talking. So the chances are more likely than not that nothing's going to happen, or that he's going to be wrong and feed people a bunch of nonsense. Like you're going to get official world ranking points. All right, guaranteed. Johnny, 
you're going to make a YouTube video and play on the PGA Tour. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, no. So, I'm, is this I'm seriously a thing? Guy. YouTube golfers... YouTube golfers are going to have the chance to play one qualifying round and the winner gets a start on the PGA Tour. It is an opposite field event. Still counts. Still counts. Is this brilliant or straight up gimmick? It's brilliant. And it those aren't mutually exclusive. Like it's a little gimmicky, sure, but <laughs> it's both, yeah, it's yeah. But I, I think it's brilliant. You're gonna get all of these guys, or a lot of them. I, I'm not gonna pretend to know every one of the names. Nope. But uh, and and kind of what their background and their. I certainly mm-hmm. don't follow most on YouTube, but it's not it's not lost on me. I'm not oblivious to the fact that a lot of these guys or all of them have some sort of following. And, mm-hmm. and that potentially equals eyeballs for the PGA Tour on an event, which you know, would, would otherwise make last weekend in Mexico look like the Masters. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is part of it. It's yeah. how, do you, how do you make this filler more interesting, more engaging? Right. So um, right. I, don't, I don't have any kind of issue with it at all. No, and there's, you know, there's going to be a, a, a made-for-TV part. I, I, again, I agree. I think it's brilliant. And here's why I think it's brilliant is one, if you look at the list of players, they have an insurance policy in here, right? It's built as, hey, the YouTube a golf, you know, YouTube golfer qualifier, whatever, right? And people go, oh my gosh, you know, like Fat Perez could be on the PJ Tour. That's crazy. You know, well, sorry, Fat Perez. I don't think you're gonna make it through this. You look through the list, they have three or four guys in here. That should, it should be one of those three or four, right? Jay Card, third. He's played 39 different events on the Corn Ferry Tour. Scott Steven, excuse me, Scott Stevens, 21 starts, Corn Ferry Tour last year. Matt Atkins, 25 PGA Tour starts, one on the Corn Ferry Tour, right? Turk Pettit won the 2021 NCAA Championships when he was at Clemson, blah, blah, blah. So you have that group. It's, it's yeah, this is not. This is not a bunch of YouTube hacks or even what you would call like average no. YouTube golfers, the guys that are around scratch, give or take, right? Right. Um, this is legitimate. So, yeah. so those guys, guys are all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what all of these handicaps are. I know they like, you know, Peter Finch can hold his own. Grant can hold his own. I don't know about Dan Rappaport from Barstool. I have legitimately have no idea, but I would Mike assume Morris. if he's a. Yeah. He's a good player. I mean, so you have good play- So. I guess my point is you have these guys that are legitimate professional golfers that are in, you know, or have status now playing now, whatever it should be one of them. But the brilliant part to me is if it isn't, it's an awesome story. If it's Micah Morris, what a story, right? If it's one of the other guys, I mean, somebody random again, it's an 18 hole qualifier. So could Tyler Watts, a high school sophomore win? Well, it's over 18 holes. A lot of things are possible. And then you have all these guys, the Peter Finches, Micah Morris, you know, et cetera, Dan Rapport, whatever. They're going to be creating all this content for their own channels. It's it's brilliant in that respect because it's it's eyeballs on yes. something that would never have eyeballs. And, yes. and I think, right, like for better or worse, call it unfortunate, if you will. But, you know, if, if Atkins or Stevens gets through – 
you probably don't get the same eyeballs you get if it's if it's Peter Finch or or Micah Morris or, or Grant Horvat, but right, you still got something, right? Well, yeah, and it's and you think about what's the risk? What are they giving up? Nothing. They're giving up one spot in an opposite field event that, again, you're going to have people that are, you know, they're going you're going down pretty far on some of these lists to fill the field anyway. You're giving up one spot for that. And we, we keep hearing, right, like, PGA Tour needs to be more entertaining, has to do all these things differently. Well, th- this mm-hmm. is different. It is. It has the potential to be more entertaining. And, again, I think it's yep. low percentage that, that one of the guys with the, the highest entertainment value gets through. But you're starting somewhere. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I, I think it'd be, you know, they, they probably won't do it, but imagine if you said, hey, we'll take the top two guys, they get through, and they get to play in the PGA Tour event as a two-man best ball team. And let's just see how they would do. You know, there's so many things. Yeah, I mean, they, they could do some stuff, but I don't, I again, I like it. It's going to happen, you know, Myrtle Beach Classic, I guess, so it's going to be whatever that is, end of April, beginning of May, like when the actual content stuff would come out, the tournament itself, I think it's beginning of May, something. So we're, we're a ways off, but, it, it, you know, again, nonetheless, interesting to track. Question time, Tony. Let's stop mm-hmm. into the mailbag. We got questions, people coming out with questions. Took some of this from the social feeds and things. I'm going to start with a ball question for you, Tony, because... I got golf balls on my shelf. I got some in the garage. Maybe sometimes you go through them all. Do golf balls go bad? Like, or is it like balls certainly did? So if you got old balada, like, forget like about the them. Stuff in my fridge. But like, if I got twenty dozen Pro V One sitting here in the garage from, you know, whatever, are they gonna go bad on me? They're gonna change a little bit. So you know, every year or so they'll they'll get a point or two compression point firmer and then after like three years it levels off or so so yeah i mean they'll get a little firmer that's about it so that'll that'll change performance a bit but you know it's not like a bolada where after after just a year or two they're they're not round they're undersized dilapidated and (laughs) saggy so uh yeah different world with solid core follow-up to that is there anything like as again we're getting from spring or this early spring stuff, it's still going to be cold and, you know, these pieces. But, like, hot versus cold. Like, if I go out to my garage or I got stuff in my car, go to play around of golf, what about hot versus cold? I mean, it depends on the extreme, right? If you're really, really hot, you know, 100-plus baking out in the sun, they're going to they're gonna play a little differently. Likewise, okay. if they're really, really cold and frozen, they're going to play a lot differently. But, you know, within a a sensible range kind of the conditions that most people are going to play in and yeah you're going to be all right yeah they're chilly put them in your pocket for a while let them warm up it'll be just fine you're going to be fine tons of embargoes all the new equipment that's out there we have all the testing that is due out here soon people are asking questions i got this question just yesterday um doing, doing a little indoor simulator golf with some buddies hey is that tailor-made driver with the blue face better than the one with the red face? The question is basically, is newer equipment always better? 
And so what, of course it's not, but let's give an example where it very well may not be. And maybe an example where it absolutely is. Go. Well, I mean, fundamentally, right. It may just not fit you as well. We change center gravity locations, whatever it happens to be. So if you like, Hey, all right, we've got some new face technology, whatever it happens to be, or where more forgiving is a great one, right? Because sometimes, yeah, you're more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe moving that center of gravity farther back to get that forgiveness makes it spin too much for you. Or for whatever reason, we sometimes see with, with back CG clubs, sometimes people, golfers, swing them slower. So that, that's a perfect example of a change which is better on paper. Like, hey, it's more forgiving. Mm-hmm. may not deliver the same performance as the previous model, even though it's less forgiving. Yeah, I would say, too, like if you're absolutely dialed into a spec, and I think you can look at examples like this. Well, take Jake Knapp, for example, one on the PGA Tour, obviously, this week. I think he had G425 LST, ping, driver, in the bag. <clears throat> it's not the 430. It's not their newest model. But in, for him, I'm assuming that newer wasn't better. And better can mean a lot of different things to certain golfers. But it's also about, like you said, I think asking yourself, the, what is the job of that club in your bag? And is it doing that really well? I think that's why you, you see guys that don't, it may not replace a hybrid or five wood or three wood and some of these things. Like if this is the job of that club, just because a new club is quote unquote newer and better, that doesn't mean it's going to necessarily do the job better for you. So that's why you have to ask yourself that question. Like, Hey, what is the job of this? And is that going to, you know, have any kind of meaningful difference it may not. And if it doesn't... It is, I would say it is rare, if not unheard of, that you do a one-for-one replacement next-generation model and it's better for absolutely everyone who picks it. Mm-hmm. Like Because, again, we're, we're past that age where you can deliver significant yardage increases year over year. We're right. past the point where you can deliver a functional MOI increase. And I, I say functional because... You know, if you're you're playing a driver that has MOI, say, around 5,000, just in that heel-toe region, and we get you one of those ones that's now 5,900, it may not work as well for you. Right. Might not right. be geared correctly, whatever you want to call it, right? Because as an individual, you still need to deliver that club with all its forgiveness in a way that, that ultimately is better than how you were delivering the other. So, Yep. All right, example. When is it almost always better? Where... You would go, hey, newer equipment? Yes. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give you an easy one. I'll give you an easy one. You want an easy one? Yeah. I want to hear this. Wedges. Things that are going to wear out. So mm. newer, if you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, I can't remember the last time I bought a wedge, it's time to buy a wedge. I Again, guy, our course, pretty good player. He's like six handicapped, seven handicapped, good player. Looking at his wedges, he's like, you know, do you think I need new wedges? I looked at his club. It was an SM5. It was like concave. Like the face wasn't just flat, you know? There was like a little scoop. <laughs> Almost it looked like where, you know, you could catch catch the ball. There are clubs that will wear out. Really, it's wedges. So yeah. I would say And that's I mean that's maybe that's a, a case cheating. of newer being better because your old ones have worn out to an extent, even if you don't always notice. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it likes it low hanging fruit, easy answer. But what else? What else is newer likely going to be universally better for someone? Oh, I don't know. Can unless unless right, you're talking about something that's effectively disposable, and you hate to think of your wedges as disposable, but that is the reality. Yeah. I mean, again, you can talk about if your driver is so old that one. Yeah. It has been surpassed in technology in a meaningful way, or, you know, God forbid, it's, um, you know, materials three, five years ago even weren't as durable as they are today. So if you, mm-hmm. and you're probably not going to know this, but if you've kind of flattened out your face a little bit, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, then the newer is almost certainly going to be better. But, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise it's it's one year to the next. One is probably, you know, better or worse are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the yeah. three options, but it's it's not a it's not always a lean heavily towards better. Fill in this sentence, Tony. Fill in the blank. Night golf is blank. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done it except with like the glow goofy glow ball stuff. So I I'm mean, talking I guess, like I mean, like a course stadium, lit up, sta- yeah, stadium style. I mean, it's yeah, you know, anything that that creates more opportunities to play is probably good. I'd be willing to try it. Yeah. I, I, I played in darkness without lights. That wasn't great, so <laughs> this seems better. You fell in a bunker once. Oh, man. <laughs> was so in, bad. That hurt. In limited lighting uh, yeah, that <clears throat> hurt. situations. I think night golf is exciting. I remember the first time I went night skiing. Um, you know, kind of same same type of uh, idea. They'd have limited runs open and, and stuff. And, I, and it was so different. It was so cool. I want to see more of it. I like that a lot. Next one. Title says a new docu-series coming out, Tony. Are you going to watch it? I will. Yeah. I I enjoyed the first one. The, the speed You were in the work. first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... Yeah. No, no. Was, I just... I, I found it very enjoyable. I thought it was great. No, you didn't. Very you were well in produced. it. I thought, I thought the people that were in it were excellent. They were knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Except for all the stuff they so, cut out that you said. Yeah, Other than man. that, it was yeah. good. I'd like to do it. Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it, it, and I don't know if we're, we won't say what it's about yet, but that, that drops Thursday, which will be the day after this post. It'll be Titleist's second docuseries, and it's something mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about because they talked to us quite a bit about it and what yeah. their objectives were. So yeah. I'll definitely check it out for sure. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, I think, particularly because I think, you know, it's we talk in media sometimes about this, how who's the best person to tell a story, you know, and sometimes... You can argue maybe the brand is a better person to tell a certain story. Now, maybe that doesn't come off as authentic at times because you say, oh, geez, you know, this is a car company, you know, with their background story and how awesome their car is and how it was built. You know, mm, okay, (laughs) Uh, like great. Look how great we did. Yeah, look at that. Um, But I do think it's interesting in that space as, as companies maybe tried to do some of their own bidding in, in the, in the marketplace and as they're trying to craft identities and things, right? And or continue to craft identities. And uh, that's why, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm definitely going to watch. Tomorrow as well, we have an article coming out on the DIY simulator stuff. So if you're interested in doing any type of simulator things in your house or in another place or whatever, that's coming out tomorrow too, which 
maybe want to ask me, how is your simulator situation going in your house? Tell me about Man, this. Man, you know, I, what I wouldn't give for, for some more ceiling height, and I may, we'll see in the summertime, I may move it into the garage because I oh. have the height there and figure out how to work say, around correct. I thought you were going to say, well, maybe in the summer I'll like dig out my foundation a little yeah, deeper. Maybe, but... maybe in the summer I'll just put it in my backyard and screw my neighbors. Well, every, you know, live here at your own risk. Uh, no, so, you know, it's ongoing and I still I still have a couple we tried it. I'm way behind on. I've got a different mat to check out as well as a, a net slash projector screen combo that actually mm-hmm. is really cool and super functional. So, yep. And we're we're starting to do I'm starting to do some things now, um, messing around a little bit and maybe I I don't know yet but I'm considering putting out some challenges on uh, on on Twitter slash X and and Ooh. have people try some things maybe do some Ooh. ball giveaways things like Ooh. that so like got some ideas I'm kicking around fun stuff so I would like people to talk about those what kind of challenges can we do like this is so we there's i mean right, there's here's, here's the first one okay right? give me the, the first one, one. Was, i'm writing it down and this just came into my head because i was trying some stuff checking out some things so yep. if we end up doing it we'll call it the the spin it to win it challenge oh spin it to win it i like it and so it'll be use any wedge use any golf ball we'll, yep. we'll stipulate that the the wedge be conforming we'll hopefully people Honor system here, obviously, but come on, people. And we'll so say use those groove sharpeners, and you know, yeah, highest. We want to see who can get the highest spin on a shot that carries no more than thirty yards. So that'll be if if we do 30 it, that'll yards, be the first one. Thirty yards carry, maximum thirty yard carry. Okay, all right, spin it to win it. And so I'm thinking we'll show, and okay. it's got to be like a, a three shot average, and we don't care what launch monitor you use. You know, where I'm. A, I'm a foresight quad guy. You're a foresight quad guy. But we'll let we'll let you know. Use what you have. I'm not saying if you want to participate. Step mm-hmm. one: if you want to win a dozen golf balls, step one: go spend fifteen thousand dollars on a launch one. Because I think at that point maybe just buy a dozen golf balls. <laughs> you probably just buy the dozen golf balls. Or hey, how about this? If you don't want to spend fifteen thousand, there are other options out there, right? You can, you know, uh, I'm gonna quick plug for our friends over at Unicor. Uh, Got to mention them in that space yeah i mean they're like i said you don't have to have the 15 18 25 situation there are there are solutions out there so if you want to get in on these challenges by the way i like this i may have to come up with i knew i had something tony i knew <laughs> i knew i had something i could throw in the uh, giveaway of course you do um of course but yeah i mean if you're in that space if you're like hey I don't want to spend more than a thousand bucks. Maybe you look at Rap Soto. If you're saying, "Hey, I want to spend three, four, five thousand dollars," again, that's what I'm saying. This Unicorn brand, I kind of feel like they're going to dominate that space. They're really, really good in that space. So maybe you got that. If you're looking, you're willing to look in that eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars space. There are options. If you're going to the Tony Land, the Foresight. Land, you're going to be north of 15, likely into the 20 plus. So the solid, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, do I do the launch monitor or a Honda Accord? You know, well, maybe you, Heck, yeah, depends you what know, you need. Whatever you choose, whether it's Unicorn, whether it's Foresight, Bushnell, Rapsodo. Yep. Like just, you know, in a lot of cases, not every case, in a lot of cases, something will be better than nothing especially mm-hmm. to start out and just be able to have something that allows you to swing. Like I've got, yeah. I've got a buddy who, who bought the five golfs. Right? Oh 
Yeah. A little kind of yeah. short club indoor yeah. simulator. Plays it yeah. with his kids, loves it. And so yeah. he's, you know, he's doing a little something. Yeah. Is it is it enterprise class accuracy? No. no. But is it fun? Is it is it getting no. him playing golf in a time when you or something golf adjacent at yeah. a time when he wouldn't be? Hell yeah. Love it. Find find what works for you. I'm excited. We're gonna if you have other challenges you think could be fun, post those below too. I would love to love to hear more about those and like i said little teaser we have some testing results coming soon to a theater we're working near you working. we're working on it so stay tuned on that a little we will bit be of a there. small website redesign to accommodate so sorry about that but we're getting never there. ends never ends until next week if you have questions let us know golf spy t golf spy c we're out there on the interwebs find us follow us do all those things and until then we out we out